All right, we were on the post show. Yes, Borderlands. Well, good beers, Greg. Thanks. We have another, a whole other uh, stuff to do next week too. So, um, including some ten barrel, which I'm really excited. I, I really enjoy the raspberry sour. Okay. So, um, yeah, more more Anheuser Busch purchased breweries. As far as I know, they're okay. So. Like the worst of them appears to be Elysian because the other ones I've had that I can think of Four Peaks. Oh, yeah, Blue Point's nothing. Okay, yeah, yeah, Blue Point's nothing. Okay, Blue Point, I agree. Nothing exciting about Blue Point. Um, I think Goose Island's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Elysian, like, okay. And uh, Ten Barrel, from what I've had, really, really good. Mm-hmm. So. And they're purchasing the, the, the right breweries, I guess. Except for Blue Point. Except for Blue Point. But, yeah, I mean, like, Goose Island, I've only had decent beers from there. That's the worst I've had, is decent. I've never had a beer that's like, meh. I've had beers that are always, you know, that exceptional beers from them. Matilda, for example. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, they're, um, they're ESB. Yeah. It, that kind of reminds me of... Uh, the Pittsburgh Brewery Grist House. I've never had really any bad beers by them, but I've never really had any extremely excellent beers. Right. But I like going there because I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get a good beer. I'm gonna be happy. It's gonna be a nice hangout. I'm trying to think if I've ever had a beer that was like a wow beer from any of the Pittsburgh breweries. The only company that I know I had was Dry Log. Um, I never had a, dry, a wow beer from Dry Log. I've had really really. Good beers from Brew Gentleman. Brew Gentleman is, is to me, I think, the cleanest and sort of crispest and the kind of stuff that I really yeah. enjoy. But haven't had that beer that's like, whoa, this this is something that I need to sell. I'm still in the virgin era. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean, I've just recently started whoring myself out to beer. So I, I've had a couple of really good beers from Hitchhiker. Uh, I wouldn't get to Wow. Right? Wow's, well, you know, you can't. Well, it's like pornography. You don't know what it is until you... I mean, right. You know what it is that when you taste and, it. And you know? I think <laughs> yeah, also, you, know, you, you make a good point, Nick, which is that we were much well, more willing to throw around, much easier to impress early in our careers. Yeah. Um, if we were, you know, eight years younger, mm-hmm. uh, we might have thrown out some wiles for Pittsburgh beers. Sure, but. sure. I like this uh, sculpture that you made you like of, that? of the, cap. The, the cap from the Mother Road because it's it's a much bigger because it does the whole surface on the top. Jeff kind of was doing his version of a fidget toy throughout <laughs> the entire show which was basically turning this into a kind of abstract sculpture. It's, I do that with cork cages too, yeah, right? right. Yeah, it's the same... This is, yeah, the same phenomenon, same same idea, but yeah, it was it was cool. So if you heard like a fidgeting in the background, everyone was... saw the aluminum would crack. I wasn't yeah. expecting like this like skinny piece. Of, like I was surprised how this thing developed actually. <laughs> and then like when this straight line cracked on me, uh-huh. you know, it was... I think it's, but, yeah, I think that's... it's a cool like piece of art actually. <laughs> in, in a weird way, especially now because it, it stands up. Yeah, and has... it'll sell for a million dollars if you get it to the right bidder. I'll put it in the uh, self self addressed yeah. envelope challenge. <laughs> we'll just start an Etsy store and see if you can get anything good. <laughs> <laughs> Opening bid one cent. Um. So I so there's know, there's stuff we can talk about. Does anybody have any idea of things? Legion. I watched the end of Legion. Okay, so what did you think? So Nick hasn't seen Legion yet. No, uh, you know, you mentioned about the point of view that they could have cashed in on. Yeah, same thing. Like the thing is, I knew that it wasn't going to last because right. of the meta spoiler that you gave me, right? right? Where I knew, like, oh, okay, this is the point of view, and I know it's not going to last. But yeah, imagine if they did that whole episode from that perspective. Yeah. That would have been a really cool way to do a very because a very standard story. I, it probably wouldn't have been a good season finale episode, but it would have been a great mid-season episode or towards the end of the season. A kind of one of the things I loved about Legion was it did, did everything different. Yeah, oh, and I so, mean, in a if, sense, if that's the season finale, then you would expect like the next season might start from their point of view. You know, the right? Maybe, maybe, maybe you do it from their point of view, or maybe you just. I, I don't know exactly because 
I mean, I'm not a show runner like Noah Hilly is. I'm not, I'm not brilliant like he is, but yeah. I felt like definitely they this episode was the most st- very, very standard and all stuff I've seen before. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't anything to... Uh, I thought that Lenny was going to like, mess more stuff up when he was escaping. Yeah, that too. Like, the, the fact that he did the bang thing, but he didn't actually uh, kill her. Yeah. Like, that would have been a lot more menacing if that was actually... If she was actually dead. Mm-hmm. Just because that would have showed you the power that was there. Yeah. But that wasn't... That didn't happen. It just turned into... Yeah. And it was the, series, all the series of events when he escaped out of... Uh-huh. Um, David, David's body. Right. That was that was well done, and I really like, I really like the final scene, right? Because Lenny had infected Arthur. Oh, right, yeah. Arthur is that his name or uh, Oliver. Oliver? Oliver, and you know Oliver already has a questionable mental state because right. he's been, you know, locked in mm-hmm. the abyss or whatever for so long. So I, of course, I, his version of Lenny would be like a sixties. Yeah. I mean that was a nice little touch, but I think that you know next season, you know, Lenny's going to be able to run the show. Maybe Oliver will wake back up at some point, but but, but Oliver is not a, nearly as powerful as David was, so yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, but he but he's going to be a lot more controllable because he's in such a fragile mental. Did you state. wait for the for the final scene because there was an after credit scene? I didn't. No, no, I didn't. Mm. Okay, so, so yeah. you to tell me about it or no? I'm not sure if I have it. It might not be on the at download. the end. You would have you would have known if you would have seen it because if I just say Pokemon. Well, no, I mean I might I I don't know whether I hit stop or you know what actually I deleted the episode so just tell me what it is. Okay, um, the end. He's talking to Sid about how you know he's feeling, and all of a sudden a little ball, like a little like Pokeball comes, flies up to him, it's like, what is this? And it sort of scans him, what is that? And then all of a sudden, bloop, and he, and you see a window in the ball, and he's like inside, he's like, hey, get me out of here! And the ball flies away. Okay. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Huh. So he's like trapped in a Pokeball that flies away. Oliver's. No. Oh, who? David. David. Is Pokemon Go still a thing? Yeah. Te- I no. guess technically it's still around. It's not big though. No, it's not really like it's not. I mean, it got into it, it got this huge thing for like a month and a half, and then it yeah, died, just true. like all fads do. It yeah. was a pet rock fad. It was very clear that was going to happen. It, it Max was, loves it still. Well, so Max it's good is, for six-year-olds. Max yeah. is six. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it for about a. Two weeks, and then I was like, that, yeah, yeah, "This is stupid." It was, it was, nostalgia. In, it was interesting to see how it flared. It was very obvious what it was happening to me, and I was talking about it, how this is an obvious fad. It's going because this is this kind of exponential super growth does not happen. It's not sustainable. It drops off quick. So, I'm surprised. The thing I'm most surprised about is I would have, I would have went hard on saying this is the beginning of augmented reality stuff and really nothing has come along since that has really used augmented part reality of, part of the problem is that Pokemon Go what, it did kind of penetrate culture for a while and then really didn't do much with its premise besides you, know, you find it and you chuck balls at well that's something. what was stupid like if I could have like collected things and been like hey let's duel right now and we could battle like sitting here to me that's better I well, yeah, there was, like not, there, there was nothing things. interesting happening once you did, once you sort of got through the initial layer of stuff that was... It was just flinging balls and you didn't yeah, even like battle them, which collecting. is completely against what the game was even Some like. Some people like collecting things, right? They want to get, they want to catch them all. And so. I get that, but when <clears throat> a game starts fighting you, because as I understand, I didn't play it. I played it very like briefly. I erased it because I didn't understand this, but I could tell that you get you know a bunch of stuff early, and it gets a little bit harder and harder, and then eventually you're just like you're struggling through um, a huge grind, right? Just to get mm-hmm. 
the ability to, to get these higher ones. And then you have to, because it's a freemium, right? They want you to pay money for it. And so the people who have that collecting thing and they get it on this game, well, they're going to get $100 out of them, maybe even more. In order to do that, they have to make it a fucking challenge mm-hmm. so, so that it is so annoying to you that you feel like spending money as opposed to I will spend four hours doing this but no you're like no I'll spend 20 bucks to not spend four hours and people just do it over and over again and that's that leads to that's how freemiums work that's how freemiums make money on that tiny subset of people who who, Farmville right I, I think that you want just like with beer, you want a more natural, organic growth to happen, mm-hmm. to lay a foundation for something like augmented reality, then have the explosion of. of I, I thought that that would have sparked enough developers to start playing with AR, and they may be. I mean, to... how long was Pokemon Go? Summer, summer of last year, right? So, if you want to get a really good experience, yeah. I, I. But like I said, I was just saying that I thought that was going to start the rush for finding the AR app or bringing AR into much more common use. And and in the long run, Pokemon Go, like, I'm not sure what Max has on the phone right now, but at the time, I'm pretty sure he turned off the AR part. What is he listening to? Jackson Brown. Okay. I was watching Fast Times. All right, what do you want to listen to, Greg? No, it's fine. It's just you're turned down a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the the AR thing, I, I think... I, I, I agree with Jeff. I thought that was going to spark this whole idea of it. But then, yeah, I, I, it's, it, it's funny because you said he shut off the AR part. And it's like, my one friend, Ty, was like that too. He shut off the AR part. So it was just. But there wasn't anything really too compelling about. So it's not like. It's not like you had to search. That's what I mean. It would just pop up. Right. So, but if you had to, like. Unusual places, too. Well, if you had to come to the park, right? And then you had to search around the park using augmented reality to find something. That's. I could see. More compelling. But you need to be continually have a desire to find things that's the hard part right how do you keep people interested well, in continuing to, try see, to find that's the thing stuff? like the, the game Poke- the Pokemon Go it was the same exact developers that did a game called Ingress mm-hmm. and I played Ingress you know oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I played Ingress for a while and that to me was a far better game than what Pokemon Go was because Ingress actually forced you to going around your community to find, like, it would usually involve, like, monuments and different, like, historical Mm -hmm. buildings, and you would have to go to these buildings to attack each other and to build barriers and shields to a point where you're talking in factions with your groups and stuff like that to a point where I was a dick since I was in Youngstown. I was able to connect one of my Youngstown ones to there, and it created this giant shield that screwed the other team literally from Youngstown to Pittsburgh. (laughs) And... That, to me, was a far better game that actually involved me going out to the community, actually doing things. Rather than Pokemon Go, I was sitting that on the crapper, a, just kind of like flicking I mean, things that around. Is just, it still is just a dumb game, because you, you're going to dump monuments, but you're not learning anything about the monuments. You, you, you know that a monument is there, but as far as you're concerned, it's just a location. Well, yeah, but I mean, I ended up quitting the game, but I, I played that a lot longer than Pokemon Go. I played that one probably for like a few months compared to Pokemon Go, which was barely two weeks. I mean, augmented reality is only interesting if the reality itself is enhanced in some way. If it's if it's just using the reality as uh, the augmented reality as just sort of a, a way to, to put up a wall so you can't see something, or just a, a position for something, that's not interesting. The interesting thing is if the reality is enhanced by the fact that you have this game. There's something interesting to do. I, I understand that when you get into a game at first, it doesn't matter, but in order for it to be compelling, in order for you to be compelled by other stuff going on, it has to keep offering new things. Mm-hmm. None of these things, none of these games at least, are offering new things. Well, no, I mean, that's why I even left, yeah, I mean, I left I, Ingress so too. So now I'm th- I still think AR is going to be big. VR, AR. Sure. But... You know, now it's not holding up your phone as this tiny little viewport on the world looking for Pokemon tracks. 
or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's no good. You need your snap glasses or something like right, that yeah. to, to paint the whole world in front of you. You need, yeah, you need some like either viewpoint, yeah, some Google yeah, Glass way of viewing, glass. so you don't have to have constantly holding something up. There, or you need to have like like with the Apple Watch or something like taptic things, so you know when to look at something or when to, mm-hmm. or, or that there's something interesting here. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe the, the the phone buzzes you and says, you know, look at this with your phone, and that gives you some information. I mean, and then it needs to like. Base whatever it's doing around like if it's a war monument that needs to have sort of a World War Two ish scenario that you can do so you get an idea of what this monument is about, as opposed to if it's just a monument for you know for for farm people and they do a World War Two game, well then it's just a it just becomes a place. But if if you understand what this is in relation to the world and relation to the augmented world, then that thing has more meaning for you. Yes, but there's also it's the not, fact that the, a lot of people don't... The killer app's not going to be about educating people about monuments. I was going to say... It's going yeah. to be monetizing stores and, you know, like... Well, I'm not... Getting I'm, people into stores. But and, you're asking about yeah. the augmented reality as becoming something right. really popular, and I'm saying that as just a facade thrown on top of, of the world for locating things, mm-hmm. that's not interesting. There's no well, way that's in Pokemon Go, the AR was just uh, fluff, right? Because there was no... The Pokemon showed up in a certain place. There was no hunting for it. Yeah, and there was no... They didn't make sense, which always bothered me. Well, like, why is there a fish floating on my bed? Okay, there's that. But there's also... There's no skill of... Utilizing the AR to get the get catch the Pokemon with less Pokeballs or anything like that, right? Yeah. You know, the the AR is just a background for catching the Pokemon, and you know they have their own algorithm where you know he's going to break out twice. You're going to waste eight balls. You know that kind of thing, which doesn't seem to be really that skill related anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's some skill, but it seems like there's definitely that grind part right mm-hmm. where there's going to be a 20% no matter even if you have the good flick skill there's going to be a 20% miss rate because it's programmed into the game right. and if they could have had if you manipulate if you move around you can get better odds on capturing the pokemon and stuff like that then that's a better it's not a great use of ar it's a better use of ar than just a background right and for Pokemon Go, it's just a background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I totally agree. But the the one point I wanted to mention about you're saying that we need to make these monuments and stuff like that more educational and more factual and actually give them meaning, which I totally agree with you on that. It's uh, not about the fact that monuments need. To, it's not about no, but we're trying to relate to them on a personal level. Well, trying to relate. I mean, trying to relate to the world in some way so that the world has what's in the world has an effect on the game, right? So that. There is really a sense of these places in the real world because of what they are. If it's a laundromat, it has something to do with cleaning in the game, right? It's it's not about learning. It's just about association. Making the association more... Here's my kind of argument against that. Just because I I look into those details. I am when mm-hmm. I play games or anything of the sort, I'm the guy that reads every single text in the thing. <laughs> okay. But I know a ton of people who just a a a a a a okay, follow the map till when it gets to their point. Okay, next thing and they have no idea sure, really sure. what the fuck they're doing. And that's kind of like the majority of that and I feel like a lot of those games are kind of like that. So if you're going to put into the substance of the surrounding things around it, so many of them are going to show up and go, "Okay, skip 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 skip. Okay, there we go and move on." Well, I mean it's, it's. I disagree with it, but I, that's kind of the fact my, on a lot of. I'm not saying that this is going to be a situation that educates everybody. I'm just saying that it's more compelling if there is something associated. Like if you know there's a bar nearby, then you know that there's going to be a more social situation for your game. Because the bar is associated with social situations, so this, the game is going to appreciate that social things will occur there. For if you need to do a social thing in your game, if there's a store, that was, will be where stores are. So you associate the places in real life with the places in your game, 
so real life is kind of a map for the game itself and that that gives you that associative nature so, which makes it more interesting because you're compelled to understand the world around you well that's that's kind of going back to like the the pokemon go how i mentioned that i get i got annoyed when i saw a floating fish on my bed because it's just like well that's yeah. not how this would really be right. i would rather see the fish in a stream or something mm-hmm. like that and get to the a or to that point to where when i'm downtown that is the only place i will see a muck because it's a dirty, like, kind of city thing, like, associating those types of things for that game, which that game did a horrible job at right. doing that because it had no way of actually connecting that. I mean, the technology wasn't there for it. And obviously, the development have wasn't the, cared yeah, about it. Yeah, it didn't have the resources to, to know. It was so widely deployed. You can't exactly. pin right. things around. Yeah, which it, I understand. It does, it does actually seem to put water Pokemon near water. At least now. I mean, oh, okay. I was going to say, well, when I, mean, I was but, doing it, it wasn't. Okay, but your complaint was, you need, need to see more AR stuff. Well, more AR stuff is only going to be around if it actually uses the environment and uses what's around you in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I mean, that's a lot of resources. That's but. a lot of resources. And like your, your phone's camera is not capable of understanding whether something is... Uh, you know, in the foreground is blocking something, or whether something is way far away. It mm-hmm. doesn't have that kind of information, so it can't yeah. just have like, oh, th- this is a, this is a barrier that you need to walk around to get to something. It can't know that just from a camera. No, it, it has focal length. It'll know if it's blurry. It's if it's way of- too much power to ask of your yeah. phone to do that kind of. I mean, we're kind of here nitpicking about a free phone app, but I mean, it's kind of like it's more or less the the stepping stone into AR kind of thing. Like, maybe you could do it, but it would require three years of development. So, I mean, you need to wait for that kind of shit. And it's not like that phone has only one camera; it doesn't have two cameras, so you can't do depth stuff very easily. Yeah, it well can't do traditional depth stuff, but I mean, it knows exactly what its focal length is. So it'll know if something's out of focus. It'll know how far away it, you know. Based on various algorithms, it can sort of understand. If you're talking about things in the foreground, it knows if it could tell if something's in the foreground. It can. I that autofocus fucks up, you know, sometimes too. It's not. It's not I'm not talking about autofocus. I'm talking about setting the focal length to. Start okay, near and, and see and, where and it if, comes, if something look is the same color as something else, it's not going to know how to yeah. do that distinguishing. So yeah, or if it's just a plain blank face, it's mm-hmm. yeah, can be able to tell if it's blurry or not. Sure, but if it's there's, I mean, there's you can determine depth with the focal length of a camera and the right software. For some Which is things, a, I mean, and that, I'm, I'm not arguing that that's but, the way to solve this problem well, the, either. I'm just saying no, but but let, let me just doing that is takes a lot of power and and a lot of programming capability to have something just to recognize that to recognize the area you're in and to use focal length to do a map. Now add a whole game on top of that, so you have to have an awesome development team to do your to understand the thing around you and an awesome development team to make a game that's that's interesting and an awesome marketing team to make it compelling enough for people to use it that's you're asking for a lot you're asking for uh, um, a Google thing right I mean you're asking for a multi a hundred million dollar game of sorts have you ever used the Google Translate stuff yeah mm-hmm. I mean that's, that's pretty amazing and that's but been around it's, for but five it's years just it's, it's but it very, makes a lot of mistakes too. Makes a huge amount of mistakes, and it's a very simple algorithm, and it still takes a lot of effort to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that it's it's making a lot of mistakes when I read a lot of the French stuff and I go through it. But I mean, I I'm still <coughs> very I get the picture when it translates yeah. a lot of the stuff. I mean, it's, that's still very impressive. I'm still highly impressed by it's that. Impressive, that. But yeah, it, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't bring across the the true nature of a text or something. It's, it's good for little tiny signs. Like, I have a, I have an app that to translate signs from like Spanish to English. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah, th- that that that's nice for for little signs. But even then, it still messes those up and doesn't get those right and, mm-hmm. and gets them weird. So it's cool. It's a really cool thing, but it's not. It's a and good, and it only a, has. It's a good use for AR, though. I mean, sure. you're on vacation. 
You don't know what the sign says. You point your phone out and look right there. Painted right on your screen is yeah, the I, translation. It's awesome. I agree. But. But. I mean, yeah, I mean, gamifying it is. I'm not saying it's easy, but. Um, the beginning of the conversation was I am surprised that Pokemon Go didn't spur this land rush of AR things. And, and a ton of them were going to be shitty, but there, I thought it was going to bring it of age. I mean, a lot of development has to go into make it, and and you also have a bunch of people who are going to say, "Oh, it's just Pokemon Go." I've played that already. So you need to have something new and compelling and interesting, right. and you need to have all the development associated with <laughs> AR, which a lot of people hadn't had on their plates. So remember, this was last summer, and we're still not even a year in. And yeah, I haven't no, I don't know of any big other big AR stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I knew about Pokemon Go. Probably about a year and a half before it was Came released in. because I was played Ingress, so I knew the company mm-hmm. already. And I remember when they mentioned it, and I remember saying because I, I I actually I enjoyed playing a lot of the Pokemon games on Game Boy. It's a nostalgia thing mostly for me. I mean, I grew up in the Pokemon era, mm. and so Pokemon I've always really enjoyed. And I remember like being super excited, telling Aaron, "Be like." Dude, just wait till you get this because they were promising like battles with each other, and I was like, "This is gonna be the baddest ass thing that comes around." And when it finally hit, I got it the day, and it crashed for a week, which I expected. But then when I finally was able to play it, <coughs> I was so disappointed, and I was well, I was so excited for the first week, and then I'm eventually like, "Wait a minute, I can't do anything besides and, flick a ball," and I got so goddamn bored. And let's think about this: your biggest problem with it was it didn't use AR. And you're saying you were really excited to see what AR came out, but it didn't really use AR. No, it didn't. It, it just it made it, it 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 made it appear like it sort of used AR, but it really didn't. So yeah. you you expected... it didn't use it AR at all, except for the fact that it just accessed my camera right. to just make this room appear, and then there's a Pikachu on right. your nose, and that's like really it. And that's why I dropped it after so, a week or two of playing it. So it really wasn't an AR game. It was a game that in, imposed something on top of, of the world and I pretended mean, like that was AR, but it wasn't really yeah. AR. And, right. and that's kind of like... like that's why I said their their older game was better because it actually gave some sort of depth to right. it. It didn't last 10 years like Warcraft did. Right. But it still lasted three months for me which maybe even a little bit longer than that and and it was enjoyable i think also because of the factions and everything else like the game to me was more better developed Mm -hmm. then than the pokemon go thing just just seemed like they're like well let's just jump on this pokemon trend and try and do this but it it was lazy and especially since a year and a half before it was released they're saying we're gonna do this we're gonna do this which to me wasn't too far-fetched to be able to have it so like you can link up your phones I can send you contacts by just tapping your phone. Mm-hmm. So what would make it so hard to just say... Well, well I mean, that's sort of... You know, the company spent a long time making that work and doing that and in order to do that for a phone game and you don't know what phone people are going to have and you don't know what the power is. The power is all different on different devices. That's true. So you have to make something a lot simpler. Yeah. And that's part of the issue is you're dealing with a wide range of devices that have a wide range of capabilities and you have to present a similar experience to all of them and you have to do something that gives you something compelling and in this case what they did was just Pokemon stuff it was compelling enough for, for some people for a little bit of time but not over long term yeah, so I don't think that the AR I don't think AR technology is there yet really I, I agree I, I don't think I don't. at least for a phone device I mean, when you're talking about virtual reality and things like that, you can probably start leaning more towards what we're expecting of mm-hmm. things. But to pull out my phone and, and be like, oh, look, I got this whole new world, which is why I kind of think like yeah, it should be more along the Google Glass thing. It, it actually reminds me, there was this YouTube series thing called, it came out 2012, 2013, called H+. And it was this entire mini-series on YouTube only. It was actually a pretty good series, like, for being a YouTube series. 
Ah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, it was just a YouTube show, but it was like okay. it was Warner Brothers that actually did it. It was Warner Brothers that made this like free show on thing. It would have been better, but every single episode was like two to five minutes, so it got annoying when you're getting commercials in between them. Uh-huh. But essentially what it's about is that you get these things that are implants into you, which basically takes the Google Glass idea and it just goes through your eyes and you're auto you're one hundred percent Black Mirror kind of thing, but before Black Mirror, because I know it came out before Black Mirror, mm-hmm. and you were constantly connected to the internet, everything's recording, you can see, you can pull up TV screens, everything else. Like that, I think, you need some sort of technology of that advancement to really make augmented reality seem real. Even the Google Glasses are probably a better standpoint of that. The H Plus series goes into this huge thing about there was a terroristic attack that, like... I'm sure they'll, I'm sure like, eventually yeah. they'll get, they'll be able to put on a contact lens and some shit like that. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would love to buy a pair of Google Glasses, but they're so goddamn expensive. Uh, they don't even make them anymore. Oh, they, 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 they are on, discontinued them? Yeah, they're on something yeah. else now. They're, I mean, they, they're keeping that technology and they're using it to develop other stuff for, like, military and shit like that. Because it's not... The consumer side of it is just not it's right. It's way too expensive yeah, right exactly, now. exactly. So until they bring it down, I mean, I'm not going to pay $2,000 plus dollars for a pair of glasses that allows me to read the news. Right. That's really what it's just an e re- a fancy e reader. Essentially, yeah. That's all it really and is. It makes people like nervous that you're recording them all the time. Oh, like, really? It has a camera on there, and people were like, there, there were people who got like refused to go into concerts and shit like that because they were wearing Google Glass in New York because that's where you know people had it, of course. Because um, you can record shit right off of your Google Glass. You can record conversations you're having with people. Could have totally blackmailed that person. There's a there's a guy <laughs> who uh, sort of the main guys at MIT Media Lab, and he has been doing Google Glass type stuff for 15 years or something like that. And you know his technology has gotten better and better over the years. But you know he has gone full on augmented reality, right? So anytime he has a little hand thing for inputting data. So during conversations, he's taking notes. In, in, it's in his eyes, right? So he has, beside Greg, he has Greg's birthday, his mm-hmm. wife's name, all that stuff. The last time they talked, he has all that data available to him, like almost like movie type shit. Now, it's probably a little more clunky than it is in like Minority Report or something like that. But uh, look it up if you, you know, were curious. I heard a thing about him about a year ago. He was using Google Glass at the time. He had it hacked, modified, whatever, to, to take his system, you know, his homegrown system that he's been curating for 15 years but i mean he's he's trying to be a cyborg right he's trying to have all that information What's available shit going on? i don't know i was just <laughs> listening to fast times of, i just watched fast times at ridgemont high man i'm cool with it though <laughs> a little artsy for me but... <laughs> you like huey going to the the land <laughs> sports but yeah, I mean, it, the the technology of augmented reality, I feel, is just it, it it's not going to be there until. I mean, I I think it could be there, but the fact is, it's just too expensive right now, and Ooh, it's the consumer thing. Nirvana, right from this, this I just clicked the '90s alternative uh, channel. This is the first thing that plays. Hey, Kurt Cobain just had his anniversary of his suicide the other day. So, yay! <laughs> 20, 20 years. <laughs> 20 years, man. 20 years? So 90. I think so. Yeah, 20 years. I was six. No, I was five. You were probably heartbroken. I was five. It's devastated. I actually can't stand Nirvana. (laughs) I never could. Even in my young, angsty age, I could never. I mean, they're just a more grungy pixies, really. They were just a younger Pearl Jam, too. That's uh, Kirk Cobain admitted as much. I'm not not, like Mm -hmm. insulting them. That's what Kirk Cobain said. Okay. I was never really a big Nirvana fan. I was never really a big fan of the '90s. My my thing in high school was my guilty pleasure was '80s hair metal and like hard metal, like well, hard metal, quote unquote, like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and okay. Make a Death. That was my music of the uh, of my angsty days. Megadeth. I haven't heard Make a Death in forever. Megadeth. Rust in peace. Best album of Megadeth, or you can say actually "Kill 'Em All" is Megadeth's best album. 
It was it was really funny. Uh, I was telling Greg a little bit about this uh, yesterday, but I won't go too detailed into it. But I read an old article by Rolling Stone that was like a hundred greatest guitarists of all time. Oh yeah, and I was really pissed about it because when I read it, it's like the first like in the top five is like Keith Richards, <laughs> and I'm like he's not a good musician. It should have been 100 greatest or like most influential guitarist mm-hmm. of all time and what I, I told him this because it actually ended up I was talking about it with a, unknown, unknowingly a, a libertarian and, and the reason why I bring that up is because he decided when I was talking about this article and I was like I just disagree with this and he's like yeah I disagree with that too I read that same article I think it's it's stupid how they're like saying this he's like it's just a bunch of dumb 20 year old liberal liberal bastards that are making up this list and I was like I'm a 20-year-old liberal bastard. I was actually a more kind of like liberal socialist. And then it just like spiraled into this huge political (laughs) argument like that just took off. And then he started telling me about like, you know, Germany gets taxed 49%. So how would you like to make $1,000 but only get 500 of that? And I, I was like, well, I don't know enough about Germany taxes to dispute that, but I'm sure if I look it up, I don't really buy that, but we'll see. Um, he's a delivery driver for a pizza company. Mm-hmm. And when he took a delivery, because I was eat, hanging out just eating food and I knew everyone there, um, I decided to pull up my phone. I started going through the facts of like, okay, let's check out what's happening with Germany. Mm-hmm. So I pulled up a nice like .edu, some like university, like a reliable source that wasn't NPR or CNN mm-hmm. because I know he would come. He was already telling me I get my facts from fake news. I was getting it from liberal <laughs> media. So that's why my facts oh, are pointing man. in that. Yeah. So I made sure specifically it's a .edu to refer. That's that. a liberal bastion of bullshit too, though, mm-hmm. man. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I am. The, I am just a brainwash. The ones that, that yeah. agree with you. So I pulled it up and I was like, "Oh, hey!" When he came back, I was like, "Here, read this." I was like, "So people making less than eight thousand euros pay no t- like zero percent taxes and so on and so forth." And I said, "And people making more than I think it was two hundred seventy thousand euros a year pay forty five percent, and that was their max." Well, that set him off to no longer on that thing and then just started going into this whole other page of like resources until it became a personal attack on me and he's decided to say that you're just a what was it? it was like a paraphrasing it but essentially a brainwashed entitled college sheeple. student sheeple yeah and then and ta- up, sheeple. and started calling me entitled and then he's like, your entire generation is just entitled. You don't want to do anything besides lie around and get paid for it. And this is the kicker. This is the best part. He goes, why should I work so hard for my money to pay for that guy? And he points at the guy walking down the street with a fucking cane and a limp who's having trouble walking. Some old old black guy walking down the street. It was, I was like, that guy doesn't look like he can work. Look at like his leg. He's a gimp. Like, yes, we should help him out. And he goes, please, he was more than capable when he started on welfare than what he is now. I'm like, yes, because that guy just looked, well, a couple of white people, I better get my act on and start walking. Like, it escalated. And it all started with this Rolling That's Stone. That's a pizza driver, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. this guy I is a pizza it. driver. Yeah, yeah. and it, it all started with this Very Rolling high Stone. Tax mm-hmm. Rolling Stone. I'm article. sure. I'm sure he's reporting all his under the all his tips and everything. I'm sure. I'm sure that he. But there's nothing degrading a pizza driver. Like there's nothing degrading that profession. Like I mean, no, you're, but you're doing but it's what like, you need. But but he's the one who's made worse off by all these opinions that he has. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like he was, but he also told me that he purposely tries to avoid working so much so he can still collect benefits of other things right, like so he's, unemployment and everything else he's and he's the still one receiving partial all the leeching and he's like complaining about other people like he said that black guy he, he just assumed that he was that he was on welfare before and he was assuming, and he was assuming on that he's on welfare, he's on welfare now, now when he's just walking down the just street just somebody walking down the street and uh well this gets back to remember the argument that we had with Dave a while ago where Dave insisted or I don't know whether he insisted, but he he said they did not believe there there were some people who 
didn't belong in society. I forget exactly what the way it was termed was, but there are some people who just don't need to be in society or, or don't... Uh, was- we don't... Society doesn't need to take care of them or society doesn't need to care about them or something along those lines. No, recall. And <clears throat> I didn't think of it at the time, but I brought it to you later that how would you have said the same thing if I would have brought up your brother? Because your brother is probably not capable of, of being as big a member of society as everybody else. But should he then not be supported by society? And according to, to Dave's opinion, I think that he would have had a different opinion if I would have brought that up at the time. But according to what he was expressing, yes, your brother should not be supported because he can't support himself. So, I mean, right now, you know, Kevin doesn't take any kind of disability or government assistance or anything. He has a good job at the school district, union job. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a union person, but, you know, I'm glad he How has a union job. How much support did he get to take Kevin to that point? Hmm? How much support did it cost to get Well, he's always lived at home. Mm-hmm. He, no, I mean, no, he's never taken government assistance or anything. But wouldn't it have been nice to have that to help him along the way? I don't know what for. He's got me. He's made along. I mean, so okay. Um, you know, he still lives with my parents. Uh, the the plan right now is that me and my sister get no inheritance, and all the money, all the assets my parents have, go to. Setting up Kevin in a you know assisted living type thing, make sure he pays his bills, all that stuff. Because I can't. Because you need to have somebody there to support him to. Because well, right. You can't. But again, not looking for government handouts to do it. But well, because he has his parents there. But it, okay, so yeah. imagine if your parents weren't there. Yeah. Then you would be looking because it would be a burden on you and. The kind of burden that. Oh, I mean, he's lucky enough to have a good job, right? I mean, right. he's yeah. he's been banking most of his paycheck for well over ten years now. Right. So I don't know what his savings account looks like, but he probably has over hundred thousand dollars in savings, which just because need. of the situation he's in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's rare. I mean, imagine. Oh yeah, it's not, not t- it's not typical yeah. for sure. Um, imagine if, if something would have happened to like to to one of to your mother or father, like they would have gotten into an accident. They would mm-hmm. have had to use yeah. a lot of their money to to pay for. Something oh, like that. Yeah. Then you can see how that situation would change. They managed to luck out and get everything right, but that's not how everybody how everything works for everybody. Right. And it makes sense to have there be a support mechanism for that because. I don't want to ever have get to a situation where either Kevin is such a burden on you that it forces you to not take care of your kids the way you want to, I or am. that Kevin is forced out on the street. I'm, or I'm almost. Street. I'm going to speak for Dave here for a moment, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the people who don't want to work. We, we were talking about collecting the the basic stipend. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation was based around that, and I'm. We'll speak for Dave, but don't you know? Don't hold me to it. Sure. That he is not against Social Security and things a la Social Security. He's well, against right, but he's against the freeloaders collecting a stipend. But what are those? Who are who is he identifying as the freeloaders? The people that are not disabled who choose not to work. But he's not no. identifying all the people who abuse the system on the other end, which. There's massive. There's a lot of abuse on the other Again, end. Again, we a lot need to money. stop putting words in Dave's mouth. He's not here to talk about it. How much of how much of the society actually does abuse those systems? The system? Depends on who you talk to, right? I mean, but what's the real number? I, I have no idea. And and why am I carrying on a proxy argument? You know, I don't know right you, now. So I don't know. You were. <laughs> oh, I started. I started defending him because yeah. you're. I, I, well, I, I said, I don't, know, I don't know how Dave would and I, I did realized say, I did you say were that getting I off track from what I remember of the conversation right. where we were talking primarily about the people who choose. Which, A, like, uh, but my point is, A, that's not a big amount of people who choose to not work. Most people want to work. Most uh, we, we had a conversation about this last night where most, if you go out with somebody and somebody said, somebody's not going to say, yeah. 
all uh, they, I'm paying for this meal on government assistance. I'm paying for my, my car is on government assistance. My job is all everything's government assistance. My home is great. I love it. Do you talk to people like that? Do you know anybody who's like that? Have you ever? Have I'm you not ever trying to argue for like it. You've 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 read an article somewhere that says there are people doing this, but I've never encountered it. So maybe it's anecdotal. I've never encountered it where people are just like, yeah, I'm just I'm fucking lazy as hell and I love it. I'm not arguing against you. I'm. The only thing I'm arguing against you is you were starting to put too many words in Dave's mouth. Okay, I, I will grant that. People wanted. People want to feel useful. And people want to feel like they're doing something. And sure, for a while, there people are accepting of benefits for a while. But people are not going to. I've taken you and Aaron out to eat a couple times. How many times have you protested? <laughs> Every single time. Every single time. Uh, and, you know, I say, look, I'm, I have a lot of extra income that you don't. You know, you'll, you'll pay for me when it comes to when I'm like 20 years older, so don't worry about it. It'll come around. But um, it's, it's also like, no, I'm willing to give this to you because I enjoy being around you. It's not about, you know, I, I don't look down to you or anything. So it's, we need to support the people around us because they they are part of the social web, not because they are lesser than. That's not why they're getting benefits. Well, I mean, I think... The, the, the fundamental thing is people aren't getting benefits because because they are, aren't are good enough. They're getting benefits because we need to support them because a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, I mean, we're at a point in society where we're, and aren't actually in just technological advancements and everything else, and the way that we live, like, I obviously am not the most lucrative career of right. my sort, but you know what? I still live like a fucking king. You do. I mean, hell, I go out drinking, I eat, the, I eat good food, I have food every night, I have a roof under my head, I live great. I don't have to worry about chemical bombs being dropped on me. Mm-hmm. I don't have that thing and and that was one of the things that i mentioned uh to to the guy i was speaking with yesterday where somehow he brought it up about the syrians and stuff like that and i was like you're gonna tell me that you don't feel that we need to help these people we like we don't have a moral obligation as human as human to human have a moral obligation to try and help these people and yet we're still refusing their refugees and he decides to tell me he goes well do you know that they come here and they don't pay any taxes for 10 years they can buy a house and pay no taxes on that house at all that is just not right and i'm like well i i don't know enough about that to argue you but i just don't believe that but anywho say they don't pay taxes for 10 years it's like well you have a president who hasn't paid taxes oh well he has found legal loopholes to do that, and that's acceptable. And now I agree with Greg today that I took the wrong path. I went straight to the racist path. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, the difference is he's white, and he's from this country. And these people are not, and not from this country. I was like, that's the difference. And that escalated into a much bigger problem right, into that, things. That, that's an issue. Which... But in my argument, though, I still feel knowing the guy because I've known this guy for plenty of years. And, yes, I do know what he is. I mean, he is the type but, of person But, like I said, most sense. people don't consciously think that they're racist. So you telling somebody they're racist means they're going to be immediately defensive and not having a good conversation. Oh, I know. Whereas if you would have said, <laughs> what's the difference between the loophole that Trump uses and the loophole that, that's there to help you know people establish a... a yeah, home. in my defense, I was already pissed that he called yeah. me a brainwashed, entitled right. college student right. of the sort. So I was already in like a mm-hmm. an emotional state, which rarely happens actually when I talk politics. It's usually pretty calm until it becomes a personal attack. Then that's when I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Like, you gotta <laughs> gotta treat people like that, like the blueberry guy. At <laughs> yeah, and just be like laugh off their attempts, and just be like, "What are you talking about?" You're, he, you're he just just recognize they're digging a hole, and just say, "You want to keep digging? You want to climb your way out of this hole? You want to keep digging? Yeah. I'll let you keep digging, but you're just gonna dig further down." Yeah, because it was better. Because uh, my my sister works at that shop, and uh, she was telling me today when I saw her, and she's just like, "Hey, um, so about yesterday," and I'm like, "Oh, great, what?" She goes. 
Well, when you left, that the, the other guy came over, and I'm not going to name anyone. Uh, he came over and he said, you know what? That's a really good thing that you said to him. He is just an entitled prick. He thinks everything's owed to him. And I was like, what'd you say? She's like, I just kind of stayed quiet. I'm like, fuck you. I was like, you should have been like, no, he's not. I was like, come on, Kels. But either way, I was like, you know what? It's pettiness. Yeah. I was like, because it's people that I know that use the system more than anything. I get no government assistance. I get none of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm still willing to try my best to bring that to everyone else. I mean, I am able to get certain things. And I've actually applied at one point to try and sure. get have welfare because I was under I I was at a point where I wasn't gigging as often. It wasn't much food in my apartment. I had to go a few days without really having anything besides a couple PB and J sandwiches. And so I talked to someone and they said, "Well, you you qualify for student welfare, which is basically a form of can you get food stamps and stuff like that." And I applied for it completely and I did all the processes for it and I got rejected. Because I didn't have another life to support. I didn't have a child. So they said, we feel that there's no need to give you assistance. And I'm like, well, that's cool because my fridge is empty. And that's great. (laughs) So it's like I still got rejected. And that's the one thing. Like the process that I've seen about it. And I come from a low-income family. And I understand the process of food stamps and welfare and stuff like that pretty well. And you know what? It's it's kind of a lot harder to get on it mm-hmm. than people really think. Than yeah, what yeah. That's media the thing. Really is there, the perception that Dave would would put out, or, or that you put out in in lieu of Dave being here? Let me put it that way. Uh, was that there are a ton of people who are just gaming the system and who are leeching off of it, where that that really doesn't seem to be the case. It, I mean, there are people, there are always Wrong. going to be those people. False. Always. That's going to happen. But that happens at both ends, and the people on the other end yeah. are much worse leeches than the people you know, combined. Well, it just made me laugh when someone who is on these systems and complaining about others being on this right. system, others of certain factions, the guy who is right. crippled well, that's where, down Well, the that's where the, 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 and, the subtle racism that they don't recognize comes in. Uh, the, the racism of lowered expectations. But yet, I'm not on it, and I made that very clear to him that I'm not, and I kept... Standing my thing, but yet I was still, well, you just want everything handed to you. I'm like, well, I'm sorry that it's, we have to deal with more debt now. Like the fact is when you were, when you graduated in 1982 or 83, whenever he graduated, you could go to school and get an education and not have to worry about crippling, crippling debt from Mm -hmm. that thing. I was like, but now we have to, but here's the worst part about it. It is mandatory for us to go to school after high school because a bachelor's degree is more or less a high school diploma now there's no difference between that yeah i chose a liberal arts field well that's it's my own path and i understood Mm -hmm. that yeah i'm not complaining that i don't have jobs all the time because you know what i actually do make a decent living off of playing music and other assortments that i do for that factor i'm not complaining about that at all i'm not even complaining about the the field market in a sense i'm more or less complaining about like the certain aspects that people refuse to acknowledge in our society and then they blame my generation for it and call you gotta blame somebody that that's what trump was all about assign blame to whoever you to somebody else somebody else is responsible for all this we can solve it just just choose me and look i'll make everything solved really super quick I mean, come on, the unemployment rate went from 50% down to 4.5% in like two months. <laughs> it's amazing. If you listen to the alternative facts, they are pretty amazing. They're, oh, man, they make me a believer. <laughs> <laughs> job report's bullshit. Hey, the job report's awesome. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, there's, there's so many different things that are just... It, that yesterday just really struck a note with me just because it was personal attacks against me and my just because of my age of just because I did this and well, it's like I mean, you gotta fucking be... millennials you can't trust them no you can't yeah. I mean we're all just a bunch of brainwashed liberals that's really it I mean for the most part it's funny because I do know some millennials who are not oh so do I I know some of them that are like hardcore right. like Trump, 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 Trump. yeah so like, it's 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 a weird like perception people have <clears throat> that's not true. Well, it's always or at least 
anecdotally is not true. Yeah. The plural of anecdote is not data, so I can't I can't use that. But I mean, what it what 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 is true though is that my generation is that of the most educated generation to really walk the earth, though, because or, when it comes sure. to yeah. But you're getting educated in weird, in weird, interesting but, things. Yeah, exactly. And, hey, let's be honest. Some of this shit is not coming from the right. Some of this shit is coming from all, all the uh, anti-vax shit. I mean, it, it's been, a lot of it has been appropriated now by the right for some, because they, it's in this weird thing. But that came from the left. That whole, all that shit, that was left stuff that, and anti-science, anti-GMO, all yeah. that shit. Where... Oh, yeah. Think, but, well, I mean, like, I... I, I I have to call myself something in today's society. Yeah. I mean, there are things like like Bernie Sanders, I supported, but there are a lot of things I disagreed with him on. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I was like, you know what? This is the, the best thing that I want for now. And yes, I disagree with certain aspects, but you know what? That'll be appointed to later on, and it'll change that. Fell through. Hillary Clinton, still cool. I'm all right. I'm on board <laughs> for her. Let's hang out. Let's. That'll be cool. I met your husband. It'll be good. And then... Uh, that fell through, and I, and I remember because the day after the election, we met up at, at a bar, and we're just like, man, let's just hope that he does good. Yeah. Let's hope that that was all just a facade, and it took what? Uh, so from there to now, he's been in office for, what, almost 100 days now, mm-hmm. and the Syrian attacks happened, and it got to a point where I agreed with him on one thing, that something needed to be done. I, dis- I disagreed with what he did, but I agreed that something needed to be done. Exactly. I think it was an Which emotional was the, response. The, and- the point being that America can't sit by while this shit happens, it was... Fu- it was I was thrilled to finally see that oh this guy has a heart somewhere or at least there's the idea of America where we will take a moral stand on something truly horrible is still there it's not just totally wiped out by this person there is still somewhere in there a conscience it was nice to see that even somebody like Donald Trump is not as Absolutely narcissistic. narcissistic as I assumed he was. <laughs> Except they were using the airfield yesterday to launch flights. Well, what he did was not effective. Yeah. And what he did was lashing out and what he did was dumb. That's why I said it was very emotionally based. But at the very least, there is a recognition that from just a public standpoint, America can't just sit by. We can't, as a culture, have our... We, we can't just sit by and say, okay, do whatever mm-hmm. you want. Exactly. There has to be, there's some level of outrage on that on that kind of thing happening. I was, uh, I was thinking about, you know, okay, so outrage because of chemical weapons. I, I'm not sure that the chemical weapons is an easier way to kill more people than with traditional No, it, it, the, no. the problem, so, the problem is not that it's easy. The problem is it's so indiscriminate. The problem is that it's so out of line with the accepted norms of, of society. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like we... Hey, we do it. We fucking understand that bombs are going to kill innocent people. Mm-hmm. If I was going to kill people, you're not targeting. It's the indiscriminate nature of just killing civilians that America is guilty of doing. I mean, hey, we were the only ones who've ever used atomic bombs in warfare. I mean, America is not blameless, but at the same time, there was a rec- there's a recognition. Well, I believe it was the World War One when they started recognizing chemical warfare as being. Well, yeah, absolute. it's that's been about hundred years. World War One, when that they, the the United Nations basically came out and we came with a world law saying this is unacceptable in any right any case. The Geneva Convention, you're mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Uh, and so it's it's yeah it's about it's about at least having some rules for the way that that people act, at least some rules for the way people act publicly. Right? So that, yeah, so that but, there, there is, so people... So the, I don't have the data on 
efficacy, ease, spread of using chemical weapons versus kinetic weapons. The the but, you know as a tangent, right? It's illegal to use like laser weapons to blind your opponent, mm-hmm. and that just seems so crazy to me that you can kill the motherfucker, but you can't disable them by blinding them. Hey man, I'm a total pacifist, so I mean, when it comes to like actually just killing <laughs> shit, it's it's hard for me to talk about in the first place. But it's well, I mean, whenever you, I, mean, I would rather well, I would wait, rather wait, wait, be a wait, blind wait, wait, soldier wait, wait. than a dead soldier. Whenever you set up laws, there are going to be weird shit because you're setting up a certain condition, and then there's going to be all types of other conditions that occur. So yeah, that's why you get weird shit like that, where you yeah. can't blind people, but you can kill. Yeah, them. and it's also because obviously that's silly. And it's obviously, you know, prima facie, like on the face of it, it's just silly. But the, the the point is not to say, oh, it's okay to kill people but not blind them. The point is to say, we really don't want you killing people at all. But let's, like, let's make so make it so you can't just... If you are going to kill people, because we know you are, your fucking governments, let's, let's limit the harm to, to... Let's limit the focus of what you're doing. Let's make it so it's not just destroying people indiscriminately. Well, sure. I mean, if you could blind a thousand people for the same cost of killing one person, then you can see why there'd be a law like that. Mm-hmm. And again, you'd have to see what kind of the efficacy is versus kinetic weapons. You know, but if it's like a thousand to one type payload, like if, if chemical weapons were a thousand times more cost effective and effective than kinetic weapons, then I could see why there's a law against it, but to me, it doesn't seem like there's necessarily well, a better of efficacy. If you could make a whole bunch, if you could make a giant chemical weapon and blow it up in a big city, it would be very, very effective. Yeah. You want to make sure that shit is stopped before it gets that far. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, if you dropped a giant thing of VX in New York, you could easily kill several million people. That'd be a big fucking thing of VX. Like, <laughs> VX is. Don't have the size the Empire Steeple. The size <laughs> I don't know. You don't, have, you don't have much of VX. Kill though. several million people. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about how many massive killing, the best way to do it is obviously we all know it's viruses. If you could really implement that correctly, mm. that'd be the best way to mass off everything. What's the best way? Just, well, probably nukes. Well, They're nukes, easy yeah. and, uh, I mean, relatively easy to, to come by the material. Uh, if you have enough of a, of a government, you can set up... But a, if you get a correct easy. virus, I mean, you can wipe out entire nations. Yeah, but you, you're... You're, you're more also concerned about going. yeah, it, it getting out. Getting back shit, to like you, yeah. 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 Whereas nukes are at least contained <laughs> partially, right? <laughs> You can, you can contain at least at least the energy of the blast. You know how much that's going to do. Did you ever hear uh, the uh, the musical composition uh, "Threnody" to Hiroshima? By oh. I can't remember the title of who who's it by. It literally depicts if there's ever such a thing of music imagery, it is this piece because you just get. The absolute depiction that sounds fun. of that. We should do that for our show next week. Feeling threnody to the victims of Hiroshima, mm-hmm. and it's just one of. The, it's actually one of my favorite pieces of music ever because you truly feel the horror, and it's all just an orchestra of like you can kind of you can hear the sirens going off, the screams going off, you can hear the falling of the atomic bomb, mm. like it is just fascinating of a piece of music i believe it was written in the late 40s early 50s so when it was still really fresh and i mean it's it's a remarkable piece of music and it's it's really bothering me that i can't think of the composer's (laughs) name right now so i'm gonna look it up real quick and i know there's maybe one person listening who's just happens to be like a 20th century atonal fan and he's like oh it's this son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) You know, if we have a duty to make sure that people don't repeat our mistakes, and that's a duty we should take seriously. Uh, the Germans, Penderecki. the Germans take that seriously <clears throat> with regard to um, you know Hitler and and things like that. Going oh, on. absolutely. So, I mean, that's why the the swastika is illegal yeah. <laughs> in their country, and it's the only scene in museums because mm-hmm. they make it apparent. It's I, you know, as as a big part of free speech, I agree that that shouldn't be held back. But at the same time. I understand why they, they're doing it in their side because yeah. they feel responsible. 
and in in some ways they should and and the u.s should feel responsible for what happened with nuclear weapons and feel like they we need to stop this from going further and uh didn't they come out make a public statement of like the apologies for the atrocities of world war ii germany probably yeah yeah i believe so yeah germany made a the U.S. Thing. has never apologized. The U.S. has never apologized for this thing, but I, I am almost certain that Germany has come out and made a public display apology for... Well, they did turn Japan into a global superpower, or not superpower, but economic superpower. Well, client state, <laughs> more or less. Yeah, because uh, yeah, we are in their military. They don't have a, mm-hmm. a military. Yeah. They have a peacekeeping military, but they don't have an actual military. Right, yeah. their military. They have basically a national guard. Right. It's like, not like we left Iraq. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, go fuck yourself. Go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible when we laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, the, there's, I mean, when you think about, like, the Civil War, we had a whole period of reconstruction after the Civil mm-hmm. War. Cause yeah, we, to, we didn't just leave them burned and dead. We said, we got to bring you back. And, of course, that led to lots of social issues too but there is you can either approach it from a constructive way or a very destructive way mm-hmm. we should probably get going but both of us you know i know you had to wake up pretty early oh damn it's late yeah tends to happen well thanks for coming yeah victims of hiroshima by Pandareki. check that out check it out everybody it's great 20th century sad music Oh, it's not sad. It's frightful. Okay. Frightful music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not everybody.